Play it, play it, play it, play it. We are gay like a fruit. We are looking like a snack. You are listening to Fruit Snacks. <laughs> hey, Google. <laughs> I seriously. Do it. We, do oh, it. Okay. Oh, I'll see if I can get my mic close. Hey, Google, do all lives matter? Saying black lives matter doesn't mean that all lives don't. It means black lives are at risk in ways others are not. And that's uh, that. That's it for this week's episode. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> if a uh, if a machine can get it, okay. I think a human can understand it too. I know. Hey guys, I'm Brian. I'm Shane, and you're listening to Fruit Snakes. guys so we have quite a bit of stuff to get into obviously this mm-hmm. has been a very um tumultuous yeah heavy, that's burdened. the exact word i would say yeah. um this has been a very heavy week um for both of us personally but also for the for world. the world as well as america as a whole but we're gonna but get mostly in- the black community absolutely yeah um but we're going to get into the fruit roll-up as something that is a little off topic um just so that we can collect our thoughts before we actually get into the meat of our conversation. So Shane, what do you have for us this week for fruit roll up? Um, well, actually two things that I want to say quickly before we get into the fruit roll up that we didn't talk about beforehand. The first is happy pride month. Oh yeah. I don't want to not acknowledge that. I, I also don't want it to like blindside what is happening. But right. I just want to say happy pride month because it is pride season and um, it's a season in which we can, look back at our history Mm -hmm. and do research into what our history entails Mm -hmm. um, and who that includes. Um, So to all of you allies and LGBTQ plus members, go back and do your research. And, you know, have a shot. Yeah. Wait, (laughs) what? Celebrate. Oh, yeah. A drink. (laughs) (laughs) Not like a shot, like shoot I just don't hear you say things like that often. So I was like, take a shot of what? Um, A shot of life, girl. The other thing I want to say is congratulations to Jada. <gasps> Bitch. Mm-hmm. We should have said spoiler alert before oh. we said it. All right. Um, but yes, congratulations to Jada Essence Hall. You know, you guys, we keep mentioning RuPaul's Drag Race, but we're fans and this is our podcast and suck it. <laughs> and so we want to say, give it up for that black excellence. We both okay. were stands for Jada Essence black Hall. Black girl magic. Oh my God. Like, honestly, it couldn't have been a better close to... The season. Right. Like there there were all three were very good in the finale, but for Jada to win feels like a triumph for like mm-hmm. everyone. I don't know why that is, but it just feels good. Well, and then we flow right from Jada winning into the black excellence of Shea Coulee. Oh my in God. All Stars this week. Girl. And I mean you couldn't even get over that beauty. <laughs> I was shook. Shooketh to the core. Shooketh and gagged. Um, but yeah, if you guys want to keep up with us, because we probably will reference this again and again, RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star Season 5 has just commenced. Mm-hmm. So tune in if you want to if we do mention it, you can know what we're talking about. But yeah. let's get into what we're actually trying to talk about. Okay. So I'm gonna pull a little switcheroo on you. Okay. And um we're gonna save this fresh fruit that we thought we were going to do for next week. Okay. But, um, That's fine. This fresh fruit that I want to talk about actually coincides it's, a little more uh, with... fruit roll up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I meant. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Um, it coincides more with what the fresh fruit will be. Okay. Um, so Staying I on brand. Okay. About... Like that. Yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Like that. Um, so I want to talk about 
the dismantling of all that is Leah Michelle. Oh, damn. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you don't know what we're talking about, Leah Michelle was the star of Glee. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Murphy's, I feel like his big, his first big like series that brought attention to him um, as like a writer and showrunner. Um, Which side note? What? Not to make it about me, but if you guys watch oh. Glee, if you watch Glee from the very beginning, bitch, I'm I'm a Cheerio. I'm in like the first minute. You are, and I do a round off back handspring full straight to camera. It's a little janky because we were on some rusty ass fucking football field somewhere random in Long Beach. I was gonna say, was that Long Beach? It was Long Beach, oh, but random. you can see me, and I have like a little mohawk. I don't know who I thought I, I was. You keep winking at me like you're like. <laughs> but I was some little, me in. little gay boy thinking, let's try something new. This is when I still had hair. But mm. sorry, if you guys want to check that out. You and our friend Dijanay. Huh? You and our friend Dijanay. <laughs> yeah, like I know she's in it too. But yeah. um, should we put that in the IGTV? <laughs> That'd be fun, actually. <laughs> okay, but go ahead. Sorry. Um, sorry. So why, why am I saying sorry? So anyways, this past week, um, it came out from... Uh, a female black actress mm-hmm. um, that Leah Michelle was extremely not explicitly racist, racist, but rude by means of uh, racist me, expressions, if you will. Let me clarify. I think everyone who's coming out against her is not not saying she's racist, right? Right. So th- we'll hold this. Okay. Off, this ahead. is the gossip I want to get. Into. Okay, okay. 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 So, but I'm just trying to get to like where this all started from. Sure. So, this actress who was on Glee um, came out and said that there was a point to which Leah Michelle not only like ousted her from the rest of the cast, but said at one point, if I could shit in your wig, I would. It was that serious? Yeah. And because of the current climate and culture that we are in and that we're experiencing, um, this has obviously taken to a huge like uprising against Leah Michelle. Mm-hmm. So to what you were saying, um, a lot of her former stars have come out and been like, this is no surprise to anybody who has ever worked with Leah Michelle. Mm-hmm. She's a, an awful person. She is, she, she has like an air of superiority um, on set. And there are people who have worked with her as far back as when she was 12 years old saying she was horrible to me. Oh, really? Like in a Broadway musical, um, her understudy was like, she would she would never talk to me on set. Damn. Yeah. Um, and when she did, it was like she was always speaking down to me. You know what's crazy is I know this girl, not personally like Leah Michelle, but this archetype of who oh, Leah oh, Michelle oh, oh. is. Yeah. I've worked with this kind of girl before mm-hmm. and I don't like this girl. Yeah. <laughs> um so so okay, so then to get into like what you were talking about, they're all coming out against her as a person, saying yeah. like, yes, she's an awful person, but I saw in um in an interview, uh, not an interview, sorry, in like a discussion about her today uh-huh. for the first time, the idea that like people aren't explicitly saying that she's racist. They're just saying she's a bad person right. or like a cruel person, right. which begs the conversation to like make factual opinions, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So like I know opinions aren't necessarily factual. They're like on based on how we feel, mm-hmm. but how we feel should be based in fact Mm -hmm. and if okay let me ask you as a black person do you think that that expression if i could shit in your wig i would is a racist comment 
personally, no, I don't see that as a racist okay. comment because I feel like there's not really a racial tone to that, only right. unless she was doing it because someone was black. But sure. in that context of just that statement, mm-hmm. no. Yeah. Um. But again, I I feel like someone might feel that way if they're seeing that she's acting this way towards this only one type of right person which could be black or whatever that's why i'm like i don't know if it is but Mm -hmm. i only hesitate because i know i kind of looked a little bit into this too and Mm -hmm. people on her cast said it who weren't black right that she was awful right so that's why i'm not trying to vouch for her no by saying i don't think she's racist but i'm just saying her cast members who spoke about it were like i don't i can't say that she's racist Mm -hmm. right or there was race driven connotations because they're like she was awful to everyone right but I still feel like there was that hidden message of being like, well, it's like that that kind of poor race or not poor racism, but the racism that I say exists now where it's not blatant, mm-hmm. but there's those undertones and those under things sure. of saying like, like little things like, oh, you're ghetto. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and so somebody came out and said she, it was almost like she learned what somebody's biggest weakness or insecurity was uh-huh. and sort of hit at that. Sure. Um, so, like, to your point, there were black and white co-stars that came out and said she was awful to all of us. Yeah. Like, it wasn't... And even Amber Riley was like, I'm coming out on the record in, like, one interview that she did. It was, like, a like a Zoom interview yeah, yeah. kind of thing. She was like, I am not saying she's a racist. I'm saying she was a horrible person to work with. You know, this isn't quoting, yeah. but, like, she, her point was, I'm not saying she's a racist. Yeah. I'm not calling her out as that. Um. But the uproar online and the backlash that yeah. has been in all of the headlines is like she's being dropped from all of these endorsements because in the culture of Black Lives Matter and in this movement right yeah. now that we're seeing, this is all sort of being um, uh, vocalized by like a black actress. So it's mm. being like taken more serious and yeah, more to and heart. It's, it's or... almost like disproportionately tied into that conversation. Right. And I don't know that. Like, like you're begging the question if the current climate was black lives matter like how like big that is right now if that didn't exist would people take this as serious mm-hmm. yeah right or would she just lose potentially like future jobs right. which i don't really know like what she's done since glee i don't either you know what i mean but um yeah but it's the same thing as like um the me too movement right like mm-hmm. when that was really big yeah um and now sexual harassment is clearly a really 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 big topic yeah and part of like current culture on how we give consent and talk and interact um, with people. I feel like people were being taken down left and right. But when those stories came up before this movement, it was just kind of like, Oh, well that's men. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And I feel like it's the same thing now where it's like, no, we're calling it out. Like we should have been from the jump, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And I mean, it's unfortunate that if she's getting these labels that she's not, you shouldn't have been an asshole in the first place. Totally. Do you know what I mean? It is like a, it's a really hard life lesson yeah. to learn. Like that's karma coming back to fucking totally. kick you in the ass. Totally. But, um, but again, like all just to sort of bring up the point, like if you're going to vocalize an opinion, do your research and be like, okay, well technically no black co-star has said, or no, no reoccurring co-star has said like, yes, she was racist on, on the set. Right. You know? Um, but that's also not to excuse her ignorance and her rudeness. Totally. Yeah. But I mean, realistically, if we're going to end on this, do you have anything else to say? No, no, no. They fucking got that casting right because she was a fucking okay. stupid cunt ass <laughs> bitch in Glee as well. Yeah. Like I hated her character in there. So I, for this to translate in real mm-hmm. world, I don't know her personally. But from what it sounds like, that's some good ass casting. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, guys. So for the fresh fruit this week, um, <laughs> we actually had a whole separate episode that we had recorded, and we were gonna post it for this week, but we felt like that was kind of disingenuine and. Obviously, a lot of people have seen a lot of posts on social media for Black Lives Matter. There was Blackout Tuesday, and I felt like it was unjust for me to be a black individual and not bring this up, um, especially because I have this platform, whether it's small or big. I still feel the need to like express my opinions, yep. and I feel like, Shane, you're on the same page. I know you've been more riled up about it than I have, <laughs> not because I don't care, but to me, I feel like this is the world I've experienced, so to see it doesn't feel anything new, but I mm-hmm. feel like a lot of people feel so charged because they now feel like they're invested in a way that they weren't before, yeah. which I... Want to say thank you, you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. to you and whoever else. Yeah. Um, But I can see why now would be a little bit overwhelming, one, for the identity that I am, but also for people who might be, like, actually looking internally at their own self and how they view things and Mm -hmm. really questioning, wait, why is that wrong? Right. But then hearing that, like, you're wrong. And your quick judgment is like, oh, am I a bad person? I'm not a bad person. But it's like, no, you're not a bad person, but then see why you're having this, like, juxtaposition internally of like having to explain yourself if you really feel like you're not a bad person right okay so i digress before we get into it though i just want to say me as a black individual is very that i'm a black individual so whatever i say in these next few moments don't is not the case for all black people do you know what i mean and like for you shane you can say the same like if you say anything it's not all white people you know what i mean these are our own opinions and on top of that we're still learning, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Shane, you're learning as a white individual interacting in this yeah. culture. Um, and I'm learning as a black, half black individual and acknowledging that I am privileged within that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I have privilege for being black, um, half black, because I can kind of detach myself from that culture if I mm-hmm. quote unquote wanted to, right? Because I could be the other. Right. But then also, like, I acknowledge that I'm not as privileged as well because I didn't fit in the black community. I don't fit in the Asian community, yet I'm not white either. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of this, like I said, other. Right. But being that other doesn't mean my life is any worse or better. It's just I'm acknowledging it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Did I say that okay? Yeah, I was going to. Yeah, that was perfect. I was also going to tag on to that and say, um, I watched an interview between Twitch and Ellen earlier today because uh-huh. Ellen's we've talked about has gotten a lot of backlash. Yeah, she's she's part of this ca- recently. Cancel culture. Yeah, so <laughs> there was a whole interview um, with Twitch mm-hmm. uh, where you know he was in his home, she was in hers. They were Zoom calling one another, yeah. and she recently received. Um, uh, I almost said racism. She recently recently received backlash over a post that she made where she labeled the black community as people of color Mm -hmm. and people, you know, got on our case because they were like, this is not an issue for people of color. This is a black issue. Um, and in that, what I want to say not to like jump to her defense on all accounts, but just to say like, this is such a learning curve for white people to openly have this discussion. Um, and it's a very uncomfortable conversation. I think for most people, not just white people, Mm -hmm. but, in in this conversation right now i am trying and if i do say something that's wrong or that sounds crazy um that I, this is like my learning curve right you know um i mean it's it's very interesting that you say that cuz this is not where i was going to start the conversation but i feel like it it begs for me to say it because to me it feels natural to get emotional mm-hmm. about when someone says something that is about you or your identity right so it's like oh my god white people say this or black people say that um 
it's hard to detach from detach yourself from those emotions and your thoughts. But again, I I beg to say, if you're having these emotions attached to these thoughts, look internally mm-hmm. to see why that is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I feel like when someone says something to me and I feel emotional to it, that means I'm letting myself have... I don't want to say like, oh, words are powerless unless you give power to it. Mm-hmm. But there's something in there that I must believe in that statement for me to feel so like totally pissed about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's where I say like when we get into these topics, as a listener, you might start feeling emotional because we might be saying something that you might disagree with. But instead of getting mad, I I I I, I really challenge you to just listen and be like, okay. Instead of just like shutting that off, be like, no, what he's saying is wrong. I hate saying that. Like, mm-hmm. da, da 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 But then being like, okay, I see what he's saying. Now, why why do I feel so internally right. at odds with that? You know what I mean? And I think we'll f- we'll really learn more about ourselves than about mm-hmm. what was being said towards that kind of topic. Yeah. But also, I challenge you to start that conversation with us. Totally. After you've done that internal totally. work. I, I don't think that you should suppress those thoughts and, and sit on that and be like, well, I guess all this work is internal. Have that external conversation as well and be like, this is how I felt when you said it, um, regardless of the outcome. Mm-hmm. Um because I think that's just as important because there is something where actually somebody hopped on uh, my Instagram um, while we were in Joshua Tree this uh-huh. week, week and um, she was basically calling me out because for June 1st, I posted a photo of uh, Marsha Johnson mm-hmm. and I basically thanked black, you know, queer activists um, for sort of getting us to the place that we are now as a gay community. Which, pause real quick, if people don't know, Marsha P. Johnson was noted to be the first one to kind of st- start the Stonewall riots where she um, pretty much like, not she didn't single-handedly start the LGBT movement, but that's kind of like around that time is mm-hmm. when protests started happening and there was momentum. Yeah. But continue, sorry. Yes. Um, she's sort of gone down in history as a, a black trans woman, mm-hmm. but... I've read as of recently, and these are like facts that I just need to keep studying until I kind of get to the truth. Um, she always identified as a drag queen, not a trans woman. Mm. So, you know, not to label her one way or the other. But um, so anyways, I posted about her, you know, basically saying this is a start of pride. But with everything that's happening right now, we also have to recognize how these two um, identities intersect. Right. And this girl called me out and and started calling out like, you know, another another woman of color who was sort of this like forgotten identity for being one of the first to throw a stone at Stonewall. Uh And I didn't know anything about her. So I started looking her up. I was like, okay, this woman existed. She, she is noted, you know, um, as being one of those figures, but I, I responded because she was basically like, take this down and re-edit all of it. And I was like, well, I'm not going to take it down because there's also a factual truth to Marsha being a part of this Mm -hmm. history. But I do believe that you bring up a good point that I should also start pointing out these other political figures right. who are maybe a little more forgotten as right. to not leave out a community. Right. You know? Um, but again, it, there's just this like demand for like changing everything. And it's like, why don't we just learn how to like not necessarily, you know, change that post, but add on to it. Sure. Like give more meaning and depth and background and history and knowledge mm-hmm. um, to empower people to be like, oh, damn, I didn't know that either. Right. You know? Wait, but Again, what was she upset? Curve. She was upset because I was only singling out this mainstream figure 
and forgetting the others. Got it. As as if I was only thanking Marsha P. Johnson for bringing right. us to where we are now, which right. obviously wasn't the point. But right. again, I am trying to not take that as an attack, but rather say, I am going to leave this post as it is because mm-hmm. I think it serves a purpose. But thank you because you're right. There are other people right. that I'm leaving out of this that I should talk about. Right. And especially yeah. with that, just hearing that, I feel like it's fair for you to post that because one, you're a part of that community as a gay right. person, right? Like you're you're saying you're paying homage to gay identity as well as paying homage to the people of color within that umbrella that right. you felt respectful for. Um, but I get what she's saying, mm-hmm. but also like, yes, just yes. Yeah. You know, like I get where she's upset and frustrated because I've had those same similar feelings and then we can get into it if it comes up later in the conversation. But mm-hmm. yes, it's, it's very hard to where to put focus because I feel like there's just such a big topic to tackle that mm-hmm. it's hard to say this is right. This is wrong. Right. But I feel like if everyone's working towards the same goal, people can have their own lanes. If protesting is your lane, yeah. go for it. If you know what I mean? If mm-hmm. donating is your lane, go for it. Right. But like, I don't know. It's hard to like discern what is right and wrong with that. But I actually have that coming up later. Cool. I just wanted to talk about this. Um, I wanted to start off by this 2020 quote, but also I want to say that this is why I'm bringing it up is because as recent as 2020 the show. No, 2020 as in like the year. Okay. But um, I want to bring this up because just recently one of my good friends, mom, um, we were talking about the riots and stuff like that. And it was just like a really quick conversation, but instantly I was like, I understand what you're going and getting to, but then I kind of like corrected it and kind of like said, this is why it's important. And mm. she's like, I can see that, but I don't think people, like I said, internally think about it. Right. Um, granted, that was a moment for us to have in order to like get to that resolution. But I feel like if I'm curious as to why I'm feeling a certain way, I take it upon myself, like I'm saying earlier, to research it and like look at why I'm upset. And I almost like... If I read things like almost like, you know, like when you see Trump posts and like, let's do this and all these like white nationalist protests, I don't shut that out to be like, that's not for me. That pisses me off. I'm done. I'm Mm -hmm. like, let me understand where you're coming from. And it's not my job to do that. Right. But even as a person that literally you're like affecting my life, being a black person and you're a white nationalist, I still want to understand where you're coming from Mm -hmm. to know why you feel the same, the way you do. You know what I mean? Just like I would feel like gay rights are important or black rights are important. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or Asian rights. Um, But let me just start with this because I feel like out of everything going on, it feels very heavy and dark. But when I saw this quote, I was like, Uh, okay, this makes sense to me. Yeah. And I posted on my Instagram, but it was from, I don't know if this person wrote it, but this is where I found it on Mm -hmm. her Instagram. Um, The Instagram was Leslie Dwight, but I'm just going to read it from top to bottom real quick. It says, um, what if 2020 isn't canceled? What if 2020 is the year we've been waiting for? A year so uncomfortable, so painful, so scary, so raw, that it finally forces us to grow. A year that screams so loud, finally awaking us from our ignorant slumber. A year we finally accept the need for change, declare change, work for change, become change. A year we finally band together instead of pushing each other further apart. 2020 isn't canceled, but rather the most important year of them all. Damn. And I feel like that is so important because we're so quick to just be like, I don't like this, so get it away from me. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I don't like this. Why? Mm -hmm. Let's uncover that. Sit in the discomfort. And and I think think what, what makes 
sense in my mind is because I've gone through therapy and like all the uncomfortable feelings that I feel like I press down and I push down and I feel like a lot of us do because there's so many easy ways to distract ourselves with like, I'm bored. I don't like that thought I'm having. So let me just go on social media or, you know, those quick stimulus things that just get you out of your mind. Mm -hmm. And I just really hope that America really does just internally buckle down to be like, this is everyone's journey, but first has to start within, you know? Um, did you want to say anything before I bring up the situation with my friend's mom? Um, one of the hardest things that I've experienced in this is, um, see, even that, like, I feel shitty saying that because Mm -hmm. it's like one of the hardest things is one guy that I've will say it because I think what, what you're about to say probably is a lot of people's mindsets. And I've had people come to me who are my white friends saying something similar or what I'm assuming you're going to say. Yeah. Um, it's this, it's like the idea that as white people, like we can't sit in the black mentality mentality Mm -hmm. and like relate on that experience. So we're trying, but then like you were saying, every black voice is different. Just like every Mm -hmm. community's Mm -hmm. individual voices Mm -hmm. are different. You, it's sort of like you're getting all these different instructions. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like the way to appease one black friend or family member is different than another. Mm -hmm. And so you sort of shut down because you fall into this trap of like, well, fuck, if I don't put up something for Blackout Tuesday, does do I have to like denote why I didn't post something for, for Blackout Tuesday? Or can I just keep posting like mm-hmm. or vocalizing my opinion on Black Lives Matter? Or do I have to like call black friends and family members? Should I not? Should I just mm-hmm. be doing like internal work? Like, how does it work? Because it, it feels like there's these like different guidelines right mm-hmm. now. Um, and there are great postings one that i have in front of me and like how to support the black lives matter movement but like you said black lives are this movement consists of all different sorts of black individuals Mm -hmm. and at times i i can feel that i like start to shut down Mm -hmm. because i'm like i almost feel like i'm like i keep running into walls Mm -hmm. does that make sense no totally yeah. Um, just hearing you, I feel like the things that come to mind for me is how you feel like you don't know what lane to exist in because everything is no. That's mm-hmm. what it feels like to be a black individual. Totally. Um, and I bring that up because I'm. it kind of coincides with what Perfect. I had this conversation where um, I was talking to my friend's mom and she's like, you know, I do support the 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 protest but and always when there's a but it's Mm -hmm. like what you're about to say is going to be the exact opposite of what you just met which is not the case or which 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 is the case but not the intended case but i feel like it it subconsciously puts us on the defense automatically i mean i i was on the defense but i get why someone would naturally feel that way because you're like that's like i'm not ready for the argument yes i'm not racist but bitch you about to be racist you know exactly i don't mean to hurt your feelings but you're gonna Uh hurt my feelings like that's literally the conversation but she's like i understand the protest but i just wish the violence and looting would stop Mm -hmm. you know um and i said okay well let's talk about it like what what do you feel like you're connected to any of these things right like I was like, the violence is happening. The the violence is only happening because of violence, right? Mm -hmm. Like someone got killed. Right. So instead of talking about the violence in the protests, why don't you talk about the violence of police brutality? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because I was like, it's not like we're just like looting for no reason. Like we got violence, right? So that's the catalyst. And no one's talking about that as much Mm -hmm. as they wish it wouldn't end. That, That side would end, right? So I was like, that's one 
one essence of it. But then I was just like, um, I was like, but again, even with looting, you don't think these stores are going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Like Chanel's getting looted, Michael Kors, whatever, all these target target. Yes. And I'm like, target's going to be fine. Okay, mm-hmm. girl. <laughs> like I'm sure if people are going in, stealing groceries, deodorant, Right. Uh, TV, CDs, whatever they can carry, a couple clothes, that is still not worth more than a life. Mm-hmm. You know, like that property is going to be fine. Not only that, these companies have insurance. Yeah. So, so that's fine too, right? Like they're going to get paid back. But again, what you're telling me is that like to you, merchandise is more important than someone's mm-hmm. life because you're not, you're not arguing the fact that someone died. You're arguing the fact that people are stealing clothes. Right. And that to me is like saying that, right? And I was like, okay, now after I'm saying all of that, which way do you think you should tell black people to protest then? And I was like, let me give you a few examples. I was like, Colin Kaepernick was, you know, protesting this by taking a knee. knee. Didn't say I'm taking a knee for black people. You Mm -hmm. know, he was doing it on his own. And then people noticed why. And they asked, why are you doing this? And then he, then he felt like, yes, this is why these are the things. And then people caught on. They're like, yeah, I want to take a knee too. peacefully protesting. Right. Right. Not bothering anyone. And I was like, and that still wasn't enough. And then now people, because we weren't heard, you're going to get angry and things are going to escalate, right? Mm -hmm. Just like anybody in a fight, if I'm talking to you, Shane, and it's calm, and then I feel like you're not validating my emotions, I'm going to get heated, start getting aggressive. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get pushed to violence, but I can't blame someone for not getting pushed to violence when people are dying, right? right? So I'm like, now it's in the violent area, like you say it is, which I don't think it's really as violent as it could be, Right. but sure, violence, okay? That's still not enough. So tell me how black people should act. Because mm-hmm. when we do it the way you ask, it's not okay. Then when we do it the way we're not quote unquote supposed to, it's still not okay. Right. right? And I'm like, it doesn't make sense when like people are like, I like the protest, but I wish it was looting. It should be like, it should be like, I don't like the looting, but I understand why people are protesting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And on top of that, I was like, here's here is like where I like kind of shut it down. I was like, let's take Martin Luther King as example, the biggest, biggest, biggest proponent when it came to black movement of not protesting with violence, peacefully protesting. So many yeah. countless peaceful protests of black problems, right? He got shot. Right. He was the most hated man in America at the time, and he got shot. That still was not okay. Mm -hmm. So tell me how people can hear or get their voices out without being turned away. And Mm -hmm. that's where I'm like, you tell me since, since you want to have this opinion, which is fine. You're, you can't have this opinion, but if we're gonna have this open dialogue, tell me why that makes sense to you. Yeah. And she was like, oh my God, you're so right. Like for sure. Martin Luther King did die and got shot and was doing everything according to Mm -hmm. what he should have done. And I was like, Exactly. Because if you like literally flip the script and just weeks ago, people with um, guns and and I'm going to say white people because they were all white protesting COVID-19 in in Huntington Beach or or Michigan. I'm talking about the Capitol building. But still both. Yeah. Same picture. Not a single person. Mm -hmm. There was violence. And it's not because those other people weren't violent. right? Right. If you're bringing a gun to a protest, you're planning on trying to intimidate being right. like, come at me because I it will get violent. Yet you're responding to them with respect. Mm-hmm. And people who are coming with cardboard signs with nothing are getting shot with 
freaking rubber bullets with tear gas gas, getting ran over getting shields pushed in their face it like makes no sense to me and for people not to see that connection of that juxtaposition tells me that you're blinded by the racist Mm -hmm. racism curtain that america has where literally that's how black people are seen right yeah can I keep going or did you want to yeah, add? Yeah, the only thing I'll interject is the other thing that's like been really important to note is BLM has denounced a lot of the looting or the violence that has taken 100%. place. 100%. As like, they're not standing under our umbrella or under our cause. This is, it's almost like a like a ripple within the wave or mm-hmm. like a side effect mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. right? It's it's happening in response to, and I think that's important to note too, not to say that it's not all part of the same movement, yes. but the protests are separate from the riots, which are separate from the looting. Yes. And people are lumping it all in one to like, design- to, uh, to, like devalue the meaning of yes. the movement as a whole. Yes. Yeah. And I will say two things with that. Watching the news the first night when Long Beach was on lockdown, because we've been on lockdown, um, had a very early curfew when this first started. I think our yeah. curfew was, what, as early as 4 o'clock? 4, yeah. When businesses were shutting at 1. That's literally like waking up, getting breakfast, and then having to plan your day to stay inside. Which, yeah. you know, quarantine, we get it. Sort of like all it's completely, familiar but at like, this point. Literally like... But it was a way harsher lockdown than COVID. COVID. Yeah. <laughs> like cops were like through the street, like telling and, people to and, go home, shutting business Oh my God. So down, now like, I have three things that you just brought up in my head. Like you do that, yet you're saying you can't lock people down mm-hmm. for COVID-19 to cure it. Do you know what I'm saying? But right. And like, oh, it's too hard of a disease. Like we don't have the resources. Then all of a sudden black people want to riot. You have the resources. You right. have the money to do all these things. Mm-hmm. Business can stop. It makes no sense to me. Yeah. But I digress. Okay. But about the media, two things. Um, when we were watching it, like I brought it up because we were seeing, making sure that it wasn't close to our house. Mm-hmm. So we were seeing where the looting was happening and all that yeah. stuff. Um, luckily, it was in a very, very small space in Long Beach as far as the city as a whole. It right. was a, it was quite a lot, as clearly, to make the news, but it wasn't like Long Beach was under siege. Right. Um, so I want to bring that up because, one, media likes to heighten it. But the, the um, anchors definitely were, I felt like, effective in saying... We're showing you the looting, which is not part of the peaceful protests that have been going on all mm-hmm. day long in Long Beach. This is completely separate. And they kept saying it's unfortunate because this is now getting more airtime and this is becoming the message of the 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 protest. And I was like, I love that you're saying that. But then hold the phone. You're the one spreading the message right. that looting is happening right. over the peaceful protests. Mm-hmm. If you whatever you report is the news. So if you don't want people to know that that is more important, make that the subcategory right. of what is going on. But literally the whole time it was just like buildings on fire, mm-hmm. replaying the same video that happened. Police probably raids. Yeah. Literally maybe 10 minutes of the entire day where they they helped a store stop getting robbed. Mm-hmm. Literally 10 minutes. But they played that same clip. For how long? Yeah. We saw the like clip the like 20 night. minutes in a row yeah. or 20 times in a row. And it literally was like a two hour time. We were sitting there watching the news. Right. And like, that's where I'm like, it just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. So with all that said, going back to kind of what I, and you guys, sorry, if, if we're sounding confused, I told you this is a lot to unpack. It is a lot. And I feel like we're going to go with where our minds go because it's mm-hmm. going to be hard to juggle all this. So we're, we're going to try to keep it on a consistent path. But if you don't, we appreciate that you're still sticking with us. Yeah. Um, but going back to what I had this conversation with my friend's mom, 
I bring up the question between the two of us to kind of have this conversation is what is a good protest then? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like what qualifies as yes, that's the way you should do it. Cause right. to me, it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And do you want to like, even like comment on that? Not that me? you should be the one to have the answers. That's not what oh. I'm saying. And by the way, we're not sitting here saying we have the answers, but this is literally just us to like jog our, our mind on our take on how, yeah. you know, well, uh, like, here's my take on current protesting, like what's happening right now in this movement is I don't have any say in how people are reacting to the environments in which they've been 100% accustomed to. Mm -hmm. um, I am surprised that this hasn't happened sooner. You know, like we had the Civil War, we had riots back in the, I believe, 80s and 90s. I'm surprised that it's taken so long for this to come full circle again. Mm -hmm. Um, especially with just in the past two year, you know, year or two alone, how many unnecessary black deaths have happened of and, uh, police brutality. And not only that, it's not unnecessary. It's ones that have been caught on camera. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like this is countless, but these are just the ones that people have actually been caught red handed. Right. And finally people see it. Right. That's the difference. Yeah. So to that, I'll say whether we're talking about black life black lives matter or gay rights or mm -hmm. you know whatever it is i'm here for the extent to which you capture the attention of your audience mm -hmm. right in this moment right now black lives matter has captured global attention you, all 50 states and i i forget the number of like 18 different 18 countries other i'm countries. sure it's climbing but the 18 last, is yeah. the, like the last headline so all of those people have come together in support of the black community. Mm -hmm. That wouldn't have happened if only a few cities had like come together mm -hmm. and peacefully marched one day after George Floyd's death. Mm -hmm. That's not how that works. The Me Too movement movement sparked because everybody jumped on it, mm -hmm. right? Like the Women's March sparked because around the world after President Trump was inaugura inaugurated, women came together and all women, all of, uh, sorry, allies as well mm -hmm. have like come together um and that's what it takes like it takes you screaming mm -hmm. for that attention mm -hmm. to get it mm -hmm. so like we sort of pigeonhole these these causes into having no other option than to fight in every way possible to gain the attention that it's deserved mm -hmm. and and that's what's crazy is like you say that this protest is like nothing new but like it's so true because like this has happened for years and I'll just use like an example right off the top of my head is like the Rodney King case in 19, um, what year was it? I don't remember. We'll put it in fruit facts. I want to say like 1992. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. 1987, maybe mm -hmm. around the early nineties. Um, the LA riots where Rodney King was beat, caught on film and then nothing happened mm -hmm. after that. And then people rioted. And that's the thing. It's like, because it was caught on camera is people feel like it's unjust, but it's like the same problem. 1992. 92. Okay. Yeah. I was right. That was the first uh, year I gave. Right. Mm -hmm. Look at me sounding all educated. <laughs> um, but the thing is that like, you cannot say that this like systemic racism doesn't exist because when you look over the years, trauma is passed down from generation to generation to generation, just like wealth just like intelligence, you know, mm -hmm. like if I had kids 
and I have my master's degree, I'm going to speak to my kids and raise my kids with the knowledge that my master's degree has behind me mm-hmm. to back that up, that life experience where they already have a head start to someone who literally maybe doesn't even have a GED. Right. Do you get what I'm saying? And people can acknowledge that, but can't acknowledge the fact that like black people weren't allowed to own land, didn't weren't allowed to mm-hmm. accumulate wealth, weren't allowed to get jobs. And then the way the structure is set for black people to come up, you almost have to play white in order to right. get it right. You right. know what I mean? Like when people are like, oh, you can't speak like that because that sounds ghetto or people aren't going to listen to you because you can't look this way, that way, da, 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 da. Um, if you want an example, go back to our Kona catastrophe episode mm-hmm. from our first year of doing this podcast. I went into two two hour long episodes, part one, part two of this kind of situation. I'm not going to go into it, but literally speaking to it, to an educator, a white woman who was arguing with me with the idea that she would never hire someone who quote unquote spoke ghetto because that's not professional. Right. And that to me is systemic racism because just because they might speak from the place they come from. And I'm not even saying this person came from ghetto, but like that Ebonics black, Mm -hmm. whatever she's trying to say that speech is, that seems poor, uneducated is what she was implying that they can't make it. That doesn't mean this person's stupid. That doesn't mean she's not qualified for the job, but because she doesn't fit within this realm of what is white, Mm -hmm. she can't come up. And that's what I mean. Like all this systemic stuff of like, that view of that black person is years and years of oppression, years and years of taught ignorance, years mm-hmm. and years of taught like this person is other so they can't exist until they play the game that I know what it is. Right. right? And that's not America. I'm sorry. Like I say, like, if you're going to go to Korea, yes, you better learn Korean because that's part of their culture. Mm-hmm. But in America, this is not white is the the norm do you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying like it's like we want to be the melting pot as long as it's the white way as long as it's yes yes and and like if you're really going to say you should act the way the land is then we should be speaking with native american heritage oh, yeah. influenced into our culture which we didn't because this is stolen land mm-hmm. do you know what i'm saying so yeah. like all of this thought of like going back, it just doesn't make sense. And I think there's that scarce of or that scaredness of like that loss of power where if black people get the respect that is deserved or just like literally humankind should give as compassion, mm-hmm. they're going to be like, oh, well, this is not the America I like because I can't profit off the things that I've already profited off. Right. Of. And I don't think people realize that is internalized white privilege. Well, and I, I watched like a six and a half minute video today of a black woman um, passionately describing how we get to a position of like having to deal with looters. Mm-hmm. And she's like, to sort of sum it up as, as quickly as possible, tell me if any part of this doesn't make sense. But she's basically saying like from the time that we started bringing Afri- Africans over to America, mm-hmm. say, you know, 450 years round off, um, we've been playing on this scale that slides always in the way of white people. Mm-hmm. And she's like, pretend for every one of those years we were playing a Monopoly game or a round of Monopoly. She's like, for 450 rounds, you're not allowing me to like have money or buy property or do this or do that because you own all of it. And she's like, now the only way that these people feel like they are entitled to any bit of what's been on that board for 450 rounds that they've been playing Monopoly is to steal it because you have push them so far out of mainstream society that they can't afford things like iPhones or and MacBooks and 
you know, specialty devices mm-hmm. and, you know, whatever's being looted. She's like, they feel like they have to steal it, have to steal it back, actually, because the I only reason it exists that. is because they they were the come up of this country. They mm-hmm. were the foundation of this country. They built this country. Literally built the country. Yeah. Through and slavery, I, just listening through to it, like it wasn't culture, news, but it was such like this realization. Aha putting moment. it into like a monopoly yeah. metaphor, I'm like, imagine. First of all, monopoly is like unbearably long, but to uh-huh. play like 450 rounds of it, where one person just has to sit there and like watch the players go around and around and around, knowing like there's no money coming into them, there's no land coming into them, there's no this or that, and now you get to a point, and it's like fine well if you're not going to give it to me i'm going to take it Mm -hmm. like because i'm just as deserving as you are you just see it as stealing now because you've put rules and laws around it yes and And those rules and laws are were designed and enforced to keep me out yes and that that literally is it shane is that the people in power want to stay in power by making rules to keep them in power. Mm -hmm. And now when you explain something that is unjust, you're explaining it by the rules that you created. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like trying to tell someone who is Korean to explain something in English and get mad mad at them that they can't. And the only way they can get to you is by speaking English. And it's like, you're you created the game you're playing the game and Mm -hmm. the only way to succeed in this game is by playing by those rules they're not going to be successful and if they do or are they're going to work or going they're going to have to work way harder and 10 times harder Mm -hmm. and exactly that and i feel like when black people loot whatever the motive is i feel like we don't own anything in America because we weren't allowed to own anything in America so really what does it matter for us to steal it right because it's not ours that's the thing. When people are like, why do black people ruin their communities? They don't own it, so they don't care. Right. Like, you know, they, they're part of the. And again, this is not saying all black people. I know that's a very blanket right, statement, right, right. but I'm just saying, like, that's a real thing, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like, you don't own it, so you don't care. It's almost like moving into a rental property, you would treat it differently than if it, you own the house. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Again, I'm not trying to relate racism to just owning a house because it's not that simple. But these are just metaphors that are coming into my mind that make sense for me. And I want to say, like, with you and the Monopoly and aha moment of being like, wow, I knew this, but it was just a way to digest it. I think Mm -hmm. that's what's happening is people are reading these things on, um, like, social media and being like, oh, my God, that's such a good way to put it because I think everyone knows what's happening. Right. And that's what a aha moment is. Is like you already know it internally, but you finally got to a gift from the universe of seeing it in the way you needed to see it in order yeah. to get the message finally. Well, and the other point that I want to make, and these are more like hard fact points, but um, Angelica Ross, who is a um, trans woman of color, she's mm-hmm. a black trans mm-hmm. woman, most known for uh, her role on Pose. Um, she was in this like dialogue or discussion. And she was basically saying, going back to the idea of like systemic racism Mm -hmm. built into the DNA of, of different parts of this country. She's like, if you go back to the history of police force, she's like, police force was, was created post-slavery uh-huh. to ensure that like black people still acted right essentially a hundred percent so she's like now of course it's like a civilian force if you will where it's like yes. let's make sure that laws and regulations are enforced for all citizens but that thread still lies in there yes it was for black people yes. that is in that is threaded into the dna of what police is 
Um, and that's why there's such this uprising against the police force. Mm-hmm. There's such an uprise against police brutality because that is what technically governs on, governs on a local level mm-hmm. to all American citizens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if if that should be for every American citizen, why are black people so disproportionately murdered in cold blood on the street? Mm-hmm. You know, and why are people sorry, not people, why are white people not speaking up? Why have they not been speaking up about mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. for as long as it's been happening? And here's the thing with all of that is like there's statistics saying like more white people die, but that's because there's more white people in America. But if you look at it mm-hmm. proportionately speaking, more right. black people are on, you know, at, at disproportionately at odds. And it's like what happens is black or police force think oh poor communities usually have more crime so they Mm -hmm. concentrate that in there but that's not because there's more crime it's because they're in there more to find the crime right Mm -hmm. like if you were to sit in any neighborhood i'm sure that you'd find crime so but okay let's say that right that's just the tipping point you're in a black community there's more crime you start taking people away now you're taking people fathers away from families Mm -hmm. you know see now there's single moms working one job six kids and then that just perpetuates that. And right. then, like I was saying, pass down trauma. You're already at a disadvantage and you keep plucking the only advantage that these people have to get mm-hmm. out of that. And it's like, it just, it's so painful. But then go back to like, you know, you mentioned earlier, I think it was you who mentioned that Stephanie Pratt uh, had been like attacked on social media. No, it wasn't me. Okay. So Stephanie Pratt, sister of Spencer Pratt from the Hills, Laguna mm-hmm. Beach, all mm-hmm. that. She came out and and basically said um arrest or shoot the looters like that's not okay bitch she was arrested for stealing yeah for theft yeah like uh, that's what a looter is it's exactly what you were arrested for but you were released and you're living your life yeah because you're a white woman yeah. and you're benefiting yeah. from that privilege yeah. and like the thing is that like what we were saying like with the way cops existed to like police black people to make sure they acted right when we started getting segregated and like integrated and then now today it's the same thing as that where every depiction of black people before was like blackface bojangle this is how black people are depicted Mm -hmm. and then that goes further yes you learn from your that's not okay anymore but that imagery still exists within your psyche right you know what i mean it's like that doesn't go away and what's crazy to me is that like when when I lived in Germany and Germans learn about the Holocaust and what they did to the Jewish people, it was raw. It was real. They made mm-hmm. you have a visceral reaction to be like, that was disgusting. I never want to be yeah. that. I'm disgusted that I'm German to say that that's my people doing that to another person, mm-hmm. right? But when you talk about American history, they do this Disneyland version of slavery where it's like, yeah, you know, that happened, but it was a long time ago. Of not just slavery, but like Thanksgiving dinner where we broke bread exactly. with Native Americans. But that's that's where like the person who wins the war gets to tell the story. Of mm-hmm. course, they're going to say, yeah, this was great. You know, like if North Korea wrote a book about America, they probably would have a completely different script mm-hmm. than we would about North Korea. Do you get know what I'm saying? Yeah. But at least Germany is taking the accountability, like we always say, instead of cancel culture, accountability culture, taking accountability of the history that they have to make sure it doesn't repeat itself. Right. But what's happening is it's just getting pushed under the rug and that's why it keeps repeating itself. Mm-hmm. I just want to say this because I feel like this puts this whole monopoly analogy all into perspective and this white privilege analogy all into perspective because um i saw this on twitter by this guy named or he goes by i'm not sure if it's his name or his twitter handle but um oski isaiah and he said 
y'all as Americans, right? Y'all can understand a white kid shooting up a school because he was bullied after mm. four months of school, but don't understand why an oppressed group is compelled to burn shit down after 400 years of oppression. Mm-hmm. You can have 101 excuses why Billy Jean was bullied and can shoot all these people. Yeah. Yet and arrested peacefully. Pe- peacefully arrested. You know, not killed, not shot. Just hands up. Don't shoot. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, we got him under control. And then you tell the story of like, you know, he's a really good guy. But then when it's like a black person, it's the same trope of like this thug, this nigga, mm-hmm. this whatever, George Floyd writing a forgery check. Let's say how he stole all these things, blah, 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 blah. It's like, what? It's crazy though, because I just saw, there's this guy who I disagree with. What's the word? Vehemently? Viscerally? No. Whatever. There's a guy who I disagree with very deeply Mm -hmm. on most every issue. Mm -hmm. And he posted basically this article that explained um, all of the crimes that George Floyd has committed Mm -hmm. um, or did commit while alive. And all these people were like jumping on it. Of course, like agreeing with him and being like, he's such garbage, like, you Mm -hmm. know, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And this guy who I disagree with all the time was like, um, still doesn't justify basically something along the lines of like doesn't justify death, mm-hmm. but still a piece of shit. And I'm like, how in this conversation can you acknowledge in your far right conservative activist mind, acknowledge that this guy was unjustly killed, but still call him a piece of shit and down talk the movement that is happening because of this unjust killing right. that you know was unjust, right? Like. And that's sort of like where I guess I'll make the point now. You know that like since all of this started a week ago, I've found my biggest voice like online, like not trolling people, but calling people out on social media um, because I know that talks with with people uh, is one of the most important things because I feel like that's where change comes from. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily... I think that protests and riots and lootings bring attention to it but then you have to actually like do the work to make the change and i feel Mm -hmm. like that comes in like like an exchange of words so i've been reaching out to a lot of people and um one of the things that like has been so frustrating and which i've like publicly acknowledged must be like fucking exhausting for black people to do this like in their own defense but it's exhausting to fight crazy and ignorance and that's half the battle is getting these people to unbelieve everything that they've come mm-hmm. to believe. Mm-hmm. Because these people are so heartedly set on believing that like cop, like all lives matter or blue lives matter. And it's like, great girl, let's get like, into it. Like, okay, great. Nobody's saying that like all cops are bad. We have cops of color. We have women cop. Like there are people on both sides that are fighting for the same cause but we're saying right now that like the cause at hand is the support and the protection of black lives mm-hmm. because those are most at risk. Um, and there's a point I was, I was kind of like helping somebody in direct messages while we were also having a conversation on a Facebook thread with other people. Mm-hmm. And I basically had to explain to her, like there is a point where you are going to exhaust yourself and you, that's the point where you need to step away mm-hmm. from the conversation because 
all you're going to continue to do is butt heads and you're wearing yourself down for future conversations. It's not even that, but like you can't have a conversation with someone who doesn't want to conversate. Right. I conversate. Converse. Right. (laughs) Where like in these conversations, I can acknowledge like looting sucks. Buildings burning down sucks because it's just like damage to a neighborhood or a community that we all belong to. Mm -hmm. But if that's the expense for like saving lives, Mm -hmm. I... I don't know how that isn't seen as like worth it. I agree. Um, I don't. Yeah. I mean, you bring up a very, 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 very good point with all lives matter and how that is so problematic. I just, I just don't get it. And I'm going to, I'm going to put it and this, Oh my God, I don't even know where to go with this because that's where it's like, you're so embedded in the idea that black people don't matter, that you're willing to put everybody's life more Mm -hmm. important than a black person and i'm not even saying black people need more attention as far as like better than you they right. just are in pain right now mm-hmm. that's like us being in this neighborhood and a house down the street is caught on fire mm-hmm. right and then the neighbor's like hey that house is on fire we need to go help and i come out and be like hey i have a house my house matters mm-hmm. and they're like what but like okay cool you have a house but we need to go put that fire right. out because that house is more in need and like but right i i have a house so i need Mm -hmm. i need attention because i have a house it's like exactly what like yes we all have houses yes all houses is important everyone should have shelter and home but if a house is on fire just like black lives right now that's more important we need to deal with that Mm -hmm. just like if we were all sit i'm gonna keep going with all these examples (laughs) just like we were sitting if we're sitting at a fucking table and everyone has a plate of food except for the person on the end and someone's like and they're like i'm hungry can i have a plate of food we're all hungry. We all need food. Okay. That's me saying we all are hungry. We all need food. Yet that person's still hungry. Right. That doesn't matter what you need. It doesn't in fix this moment. Problem. It doesn't fix it. Like what? But I, but that's where I think that there comes a point and, and I think that this is like, I don't know why it's taken me so long to reach this moment we're not going to ever convince everybody to believe the way that we believe. It's 100%. just not factual or re- or real. Uh, it's not like it will never be reality. We just need enough people to believe what we believe to make a change. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately that will mean that there will always be a divide. But if there's a change that's implemented into the structure of our society, mm-hmm. the way that it's sort of been like, on the opposite spectrum up until this point, I feel like, you know how people say after um, Trump took office, like the racists weren't scared anymore. Mm-hmm. We need them to be scared again. No, we need bring those motherfuckers out so we can call them out. No, That's no what for we sure. Need. No, sorry. My point in saying that is we're never going to make them not racist. There are just people who will always be racist. Well, That's just fact. I mean, that is a hundred percent fact. Right? Like they're going uh, yes. to exist no matter yes, what. Yes, yes. So my point is, our voices simply need to be louder than theirs mm-hmm. and more apparent than theirs um, because it's in that that like policy will continue to mm-hmm. take effect mm-hmm. and silence those voices. It's not that we won't know that they're racist. We just have to acknowledge that they are and be like, despite of you or in spite of you, mm-hmm. we've still benefited and progressed as a society. Yeah. Like you're getting left behind. Yes. That's my point in saying yes. that. Yeah. Um, I just think that, like, luckily, racism is obviously 
embedded in American culture, like I was saying. So mm-hmm. it exists. But I personally feel like as a black individual, it is a minority at this point. Mm. I think the policies that keep it in power is a majority, obviously, because that's what's creating all these sure. riots. But I feel like if you like think most people aren't racist, especially in a blatant, obvious way. But I think the problem that we're saying now is that it is hidden and people are benefiting off of it, including white people who are staying silent. And that's why it's a problem because you don't even realize you're benefiting off of it and you're doing nothing about it except acknowledging that that exists. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. Well, and the other, the and, other, go ahead. Well, and point. I was just going to say this, and this is what is crazy to me about the all lives matter thing is like, by you helping a black individual or black lives or black matters, literally you lose nothing from mm-hmm. your own life. You're you, just making room at the table. Literally, it does not take anything away from you. You're not any less of a person. You're not making any less of money. You don't have any less of opportunities. You don't um, live less or you don't live, you know, you don't die younger. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're not all of a sudden going to become black because mm-hmm. I know that's a fear for a lot of people to be black. Because if everything, if black people had it so good, you'd be willing to switch your life with any black person if we were right. all so equal, right? Because if it, we were all equal, it didn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter who you are. Mm-hmm. But th- you know if you're not going to take someone else's life like that, not take someone's life like kill right, it, right. but switch with someone else's life, you, you that in essence literally says there's a difference in, there's a disproportionation. Yeah. Dis- oh, wow, that word. <laughs> Disproportion. A, disproportioned lifestyle or whatever value system you see social gain wealth whatever it is there's a disparity there Mm -hmm. and for you to say everything's equal but then acknowledge that disparity does that not tell you that clearly there's something embedded that you don't even want to acknowledge this is going to bring up another point but i think one of the issues that's happening right now with white people is if if they don't believe um everything that is said to be the truth on the side of black lives matter Mm -hmm. they're racist Mm -hmm. in their minds and this is just from discussions that i've had with people typically people back in chicago but people online who i know but based on knowing them and the conversations that i'm currently have their idea of racism is like being the ones who are physically beating black people Mm -hmm. and in their minds they genuinely believe like I would never do that because they're black and I believe that they wouldn't but that doesn't mean that buying into these like societal ideas that are still suppressing people just as badly if not worse than physically beating them down Mm -hmm. makes them inherently racist and it's just this like concept that they cannot come to and the issue in that is like you're allowed to be a racist who progresses into learning how to not be a racist and how to be Mm anti-racist. You're allowed to like make this evolution of yourself, but that starts with acknowledging that you're at fault and And, nobody wants to take on that fault. And this is what I mean at the beginning of this entire conversation is that this journey is internal. Mm -hmm. Like everyone's wanting external things to show that they're like a better person, but internally you just have to be a better person. And the problem is, is that like, for instance, Amy Cooper, I don't know. We spoke about it, but the lady who called, she was central park. Yes. Did we talk about it? Uh, I don't know. We're going to give a real backstory. I don't know. Real quick backstory. I don't know if we talked about, but this, this individual, her name is Amy Cooper. She was walking her dog in central park in New York city off leash. This black uh, man, I think his last name was Cooper as well. Yeah. Mentioned to her, hey, ma'am, can you please put your dog on a leash? He was bird watching. A gay black man at that, by the way. He was watching birds, bird watching, and he's from Mm -hmm. Harvard, right? And 
um, him saying this to her made her feel threatened in some way. And then she calls the police and is like, I'm being threatened, blah, 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 blah. This black man is um, bothering me. He's threatening me when literally he was asking her. But to she do- started victimizing her voice. Her whiteness, yes. Well, her whiteness, but her voice while she's on the phone to make it sound urgent, like he was about to physically assault yes. her. And he was filming her while this yes. was happening. And he was like at such a distance from her. And there was obviously no physical yes. or like inherent danger yes. in the situation. But just by her calling, she's like, oh my God, he's like, he's coming at me. And, and uh-huh. she started getting like all high pitch uh-huh. and fast. And it was like, the you dramatic. no need for that. And on top of that, there was another incident where another black individual was sitting, I think I want to say on the High Line um, in, in New, New York. York. Yeah. And uh, some lady was with her kids on a scooter, like her kids were playing around. And she's like, ma'am, do you, do you like, you don't belong here. This is like, and she's like, I, I live here. I just came outside <laughs> for some air. And she's like, you don't live in this neighborhood. Like, I know my neighbors. Bitch, it's New York motherfucking okay. city. <laughs> like, you have you like a thousand neighbors in a, a one block oh, radius. Oh, you know every single one. Okay, so I digress. But she called the cops the same thing saying, this black individual keeps harassing me and my kids. And she's like. You can leave. <laughs> like, right. I'm not even talking to you. So there, I'm going to use that as a quick example of like the point I was trying to make there. That woman on well, the this phone. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's always going to exist. It's the policy that like has been presented now of making, calling the police and, and victimizing yourself uh, in an unrealistic manner should be made into a, like a criminal well, it's situation. like a faulty reason to call 911. It's right. it's the same thing. Like if you call fire or bomb and you don't mean it, mm-hmm. you're going to get in trouble. But I bring that up because you say your friends in Chicago mm-hmm. don't think they're racist. I bet you this Amy Cooper character who called on the black guy and this other lady who called on this young woman sitting on the high line in New York City, both of them would, if you asked, were like, oh, I'm not racist. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's where I'm like, it starts internally. Like you have to do it because you want to be a better person because you want to exist in a world that gives out love. But if you're not willing to look inside, that's like the problem. And right. if you feel like things need to be changed, we'll start there. Mm-hmm. Start there. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, I don't think people really want to start because it, it will bring and uncover a lot of feelings internally that they probably are not ready to right. resurface. There was a, there was a video posted on Instagram I reposted and it was sort of um, like a deconstruction of Broadway, mm-hmm. Broadway specifically because this person posting it was a black man who wrote, I believe, a, a play um, or a musical. Mm-hmm. Um, it became a hit, but basically his identity was completely taken out of it. And he was like, you've, you've used us to like parade us around for your like galas to raise money and this and that. And then he's like, and then you don't allow our voices to like actually come out, mm-hmm. you know? Um what was my point in bringing all this up? Oh, all of this to say throughout his entire video, he was like that director, that producer, that investor, that theater owner. They were all Amy Cooper. Mm-hmm. Like he brought up Amy Cooper through the entire video. Mm-hmm. He's like, Amy Cooper is everywhere. I have met a thousand Amy Coopers in my lifetime and I will meet a thousand more. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, she lost her job, so. and like that's the thing is like i'm not i personally am not saying if if i understand why she loses her job right like this character companies are scared right now oh 100 because you know if she kept her job that Uh coming like you're standing by what she did right so i get all of that like ickiness yeah i'm 
again, this is my own opinion as a black individual. This is not saying that this is what we should do. This is not saying like what they did to her was wrong. I'm just saying I wouldn't necessarily because I'm a compassionate person. I don't think she necessarily needs to lose her job over that kind of thing. Right. But I understand Yes, that shit needs to stop. And if that's the matters and the lesson she has to learn in order for it to get through her head, girl, lose every job you need. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and the other issue with like her specifically or versions of her is he kind of dug into like her character Mm -hmm. um, as a person. And he was like, she lives in New York. She's, a, I believe, like a registered Democrat. Like she in her mind believes that she's inherently a good person. And that's what I mean with all the friends in Chicago. Like, right. That say, I'm not racist. But it's like, yes, you're not blatantly racist, but that's the problem with America is that everything is hidden. Mm-hmm. All racism is hidden. And that's why I said it on this episode, previous episodes, that's why it's more dangerous because it's mm-hmm. so much harder to call out. Because if you were to say, Amy, you're racist, she'd be like, no, I'm not. I was, um, I've been telling friends, I'm like, tag me in on Facebook if you need me. Like, uh, these conversations are exhausting and we need one another and there was this girl and she disney friend Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. she's a latina and she she messaged me she like direct messaged me and it was like i need your help um she's like just a little bit of background like i used to date this guy and you know blah 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 so we kind of got into the conversation and i was scrolling through and i was like it's weird because he's like not he's not um rebuttaling a lot of her points and arguments there are things where he says like really dumb shit but i'm like but he seems to be like um open to the dialogue right so i message her and i'm like hey i just want to make sure we're on the same page like what point specifically is it that you want me to jump in on because a lot of it seems like he's open to having the conversation Mm -hmm. with you and um she pointed out she's like well that's where the issue is in a public setting he comes across as this like super open and like, um, or like open-minded and, and, you know, evolved person who's willing to have this conversation, but it's all of his like subcontext conversations where it's like, but that's where it's all hidden. That's Mm -hmm. where it all lies. Mm -hmm. And that makes him more dangerous. And Mm -hmm. I literally like had to sit with that thought and I was like, oh my God, like, I feel like I'm doing all this work and then I miss something as blatant as that, which people of color can can spot out like that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And it's that's why I say, like, it's on white people to do that internal work, that internal investigation, because we need to understand that, like, it's not always going to come in the form of a George Floyd. Right. And it's it's in those moments, especially that we need to be able to call it out. And that's, again, I will say it again and again and again <laughs> until it makes sense, but... That's when racism is dangerous, when it's easy to call out blatant racism like George Floyd, but it's hard to see it when it's embedded into mm-hmm. society, culture, systems, job, the way we speak, the way we dress, what do we what we praise on social media, on TikTok, on Grindr, on all of that. Yep. That's why it's so dangerous. Ooh, somebody just posted, just because it's Pride Month, I'm going to bring this up. Someone just posted... Um, I, I'm not sure that all gay men know that you're not allowed to be in support of Black Lives Matter if you still have the race setting clicked on your grinder profile. Thank you. And I was like, somebody commented and was like, wait, there's a race setting? And it was like, yeah, it's a preference. It's Literally. deemed, sorry, I don't say that personally, but it's deemed as on grinder as like yeah. a preference. And I was like, but again, like there's that there's that subtext that we need to be looking for where it's like, you can't post, you can't repost all of these mm-hmm. BLM 
posts on Instagram and Facebook and whatever. And then on Grindr have like whites only checked. Mm -hmm. Like that's not how that works. It's, it's like, not a preference. It's like these clout chasers being like, I want to show that I care, but then like don't mm-hmm. really do anything past posting a black square. Yeah. Um, But I feel like there's so much to say on this and we can go for hours, but I think we should like kind of end it there. Mm-hmm. Um, if That's fine. We'll have a part two, a part three, <laughs> a part four. Um, Granted this episode, I'm glad it existed, but like we said, we didn't, plan on having this episode but again i think it's clearly more important in this time and matter to be current with what's going on so i'm glad we had this conversation um if of course if there's anything you guys question what we say or information or anything like that we can give whatever experience we have whatever experience that we um you know sought after researched ourselves Mm -hmm. and i would gladly have this conversation with anyone so that we're we know that we're in this together and again like i said it's an internal journey, and I hope that that is what comes across in this entire episode yeah. is that it's not about what's going on on the outside as much as it's what's going on in the inside. But I just want to read this last thing because okay. I feel like this really incites some good internal dialogue. Let me say this point first because I feel like mine, yours is going to be more uplifting and positive. It's not, but it's okay. Okay. All I was going to say was if you, this is geared towards white people or directed at them, if you are not physically, mentally, and emotionally, and intellectually exhausted at the end of each day, you are not doing the work you need to be doing. And that's all I'll say on that. <laughs> um, so this is just something that I saw on social media, and I felt like it was really good. It actually sparked something inside of me, and I was like, wow. Um, Come on, Marie Kondo. <laughs> I get why they are protesting, but not all cops are bad. Sure. But neither are all black people, yet cops are oftentimes treating them like they are that way. And when people say, I wish they didn't resort to violence, do you mean cops? I'll go first. Okay. Um, This in season is not something that I've personally invested in yet. Um, And I'll explain the reason why after. But um, in one of the... uh, as Let me start over. In all of these posts about what white people can be doing in these times to help forward or help progress in their knowledge and, and education of racism and sort of the foundations of America... Um, the one book that I've seen time and time again in all these posts is White Fragility by Robin DiAngelo. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like a one sentence synopsis of like what I'm reading on it, it explores the counterproductive reactions white people have when their assumptions about race are challenged and how these reactions maintain racial inequality. Mm-hmm. Um, so the reason that I have not yet personally invested um, is because I've also seen posts about the importance of supporting Black-owned businesses right now. And so... But even still, I think you can do both. I know. Not not you, but I mean, like, oh. in a general sense, right? Yeah. Like, it's not a this or that. It's just like, yeah, do it all. 
for sure. Oh, my point in in the book specifically is like I I actually want to go. I want to find a uh, black owned bookstore in LA or like the Long Beach area to buy this book. Mm. Um, but that's just me doing my own research, and I could easily order on Amazon and have it in two days. But sure. I just want to like take that one extra step this one time, like this time, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, but all that to say, like the end season, white people listening, if you want to take a step, um in the right direction and, and do a little like internal work white fragility by Robin D'Angelo. And it's funny. Cause when you mentioned that subtitle of like what it is about mm-hmm. that, that emotion that you just invoked is exactly what I mean that you should question. It's like, why is it that when someone brings up my white privilege, does it make me angry? Mm-hmm. There's that visceral feeling towards it. Maybe take a step back and be like, okay, why does this exist inside of me for me to feel like I should react in a negative way? Right. And that's the internal work that exactly you speak about, I speak about, and clearly what this book might mention. Mm-hmm. I don't know because I haven't read it, but it sounds interesting. Do you ever think as a, uh, this is like opening the dialogue quickly. Do you ever feel as a person of color, like when you walk by someone you don't know or you're in an uncomfortable environmental situation, like are these people racist? Yeah. I had a moment for the first time um, today or yesterday where I walked past a black... Oh, actually, today. I walked past a black man sitting in his car, and he sits out in front of our house. Yeah. Um, And we've always, like, said hi to one mm-hmm. another, but for the first time today, I thought, does he think I'm racist? Mm-hmm. And it was this question where, like, suddenly I was kind of scared. Um, Obviously not fearful, but scared in, like... I feel like that's a... That's, like, a detriment to my character. And... I just think that that's an important to uh, that's important to question is like that moment that I had where like I questioned does he or do they think that I'm racist should be a question that we think about more often because I think it'll be telling about how we respond to different social situations. Well, that's what it's like being black. That's what I'm saying. Like being black in a white community, right. it's like wait. W- how do they see me? How do they make, you know what I mean? Like, do they think I'm that ghetto black? Do they think that the I'm, difference is I'm not in danger if they do. Exactly. Yeah. But that, that is exactly that of being like that outwardness of being like, Oh, I don't want them to dislike me for just being me mm-hmm. and how you felt is exactly the same, but in the opposite reaction. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I live that experience, have lived mm-hmm. that experience. We'll probably continue to live that experience. Um, luckily it's not, it's one of those things that yes, it's apparent, but it doesn't, I, I don't want to say it doesn't affect me every day, but it it's not on the exactly. It's yeah. not on the tip of my brain because at a certain point you have to be numb, or you just mm-hmm. literally can't survive. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if you always think about your blackness, which clearly you have to because that is your physical identity, and that's how people react to you, unfortunately. Yeah. But at a certain point, I can't always have that in the forefront because you can't get through your day if that's mm-hmm. always your worry. But yes, that's yeah. a whole separate conversation for me. Um, my in season is just wanting to say thank you to everyone who is doing their part in fighting for a better America. And I'm going to make You're that... You're welcome. <laughs> I'm going to make that a general thing because yeah. for me, I haven't really posted much about it on social media. I did say a few things here and there, things that I feel like are really in, in, insightful for me. Like I'm not posting it for other people. Mm-hmm. It's more for me to put in my catalog of things that I take note of. Um, but I'm like, since it did something for me, I'm going to post it because maybe someone will get the same gift that it gave to me. Right. But I also say this because 
I've had friends call me this past week where they're like, hey, I'm just checking in on you, which mm-hmm. I appreciate. But then also they feel bad because they're like, I don't know if I should be posting things because I don't want people to think because mm-hmm. that whole argument of like, if you stay silent, you're agree, you're agreeing with what's going on. But I have to reassure people that just because majority of the way we communicate is through Instagram or whatever the platform is and everyone's on this trend of like Blackout Tuesday if you didn't post a black square, if you're not posting things to help the black community, does that mean you don't care? That's not the case. As Mm -hmm. long as you are doing your part as an individual, this person who called me who was really upset by that because she's like, I don't want to feel like I'm not doing something, but I obviously care. And I was like, by you calling me right now is your job and your way of showing me that you're there for me. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you did your job. Right. If that's all you can give in this moment, that is okay. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, not everyone has to be this social warrior justice person to like make change, but the people who are, thank you. And if you're not, thank you, but thank you for helping in whatever way you are. Right. Mm -hmm. So that goes, that goes across. Like I was saying in the beginning of the episode, if you're like out there protesting, thank you. If you're out there supporting black businesses, thank you. If you're out there just checking in on your black friend, thank Mm -hmm. you. If you're out there doing that internal dialogue to see what's going on internally, thank you. Right. Like whatever your lane is, just be the better you that you know you can in this moment. And as long as you're searching for answers on how to improve, the universe will absolutely gift you. You just have to be open to receiving that gift. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say thank you for the people who are open to receiving that gift because it doesn't happen very often. But when you get to the other side, it is profoundly empowering. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my end season is just saying thank you to all those people that are making a difference in whatever lane you're making a difference in. I appreciate you. Great. Um, but with that said, as always, you guys, thank you so much for listening to us babble for hours on end. Um, if you like this episode or any previous episode on this podcast, the best gift you can give to us is to subscribe, write, share, review, like, and just support. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for the support. Um, just like tied back into my NCC, thank you for giving us this platform, for us to have this audience, for us to say dumb shit to. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to be a part of the conversation, if anything we said entices you to reach out, please do. Um, if you want to reach out to us, you can always go to our Instagram at Fruit Snacks Pod. And you can also email us at Fruit Snacks Pod at gmail.com. And on that note, thank you guys so much for listening to us if you've made it to this point in the conversation because we both want to say we're grateful for you being a part of this conversation even though it's just you listening that is still being part of this conversation. Mm -hmm. And on that note, should we just say bye for now? Mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter. Peace out. Bye.